by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Drew, along with Janet and Brian Olson from Wyoming Game and Fish. And guys, it is full-on fishing time. And over the last few days, I I drove up to uh, the northern part of the state and uh, saw some lakes that were jam-packed. Fishermen and boaters and uh, all around here, Glendo, I saw a lot of action going on there. Uh, down at Alcova, people are just having a good old time out on the water now that summer is finally here. Well, Drew, it sounds like I need to have your job if you're getting to travel around and do all that fishing, <laughs> or at least looking at people fishing. Um, yes, you are correct. It is a fantastic time of year to be doing fishing, and and you bring up a very good point about your traveling and fishing, and we're here today to talk about um, fishing violations, and one of the most common is not recognizing that Um, fishing regulations change throughout the state. So whether you're at Lake DeSmit outside of Buffalo, Glendo, or Alcova, make sure you know all the ins and outs about where you're fishing. And it really gets interesting when you get over into like Tetons and Yellowstone because that's totally off limits some parts and kind kind of really iffy. Absolutely. So the Wyoming Game and Fish Department does not regulate fisheries on the Wind River Reservation or within Yellowstone National Park. So if you're fishing those areas, you need to make sure that you have additional licenses. Um, You know, our licenses are not required in those areas, but you do need their licenses. So make sure that you know where you are at all times, because that can really catch people up, um, you know, not not knowing that information. But in addition to, um, you know, those areas, you need to make sure that you know where you are for lots of different reasons, for um, a change in creel limits, for a change in um, sizes of the species, and what you can actually fish with can change within each drainage across the state. Is the reason behind that because of of the, the fish that are there and the types of waters it is? Because here we have like Glendo and and Alcova and Seminole and Pathfinder that are all kind of on just that the North Platte, you know, stretch. But then you have the Wind River and you have the Snake River. And is that the real reason behind all that? Well, it, it's just the different drainages. Um, you know, there's different requirements that are managed for each area across the state. And it's not necessarily done by area, it's done more by waters. So we have a lot of different fisheries and maybe we should have um, our fish crew on to talk about the different kinds of fisheries we have. We have kind of put and take, which is you know where we just stock fish for people to catch. There's not a lot of wild reproduction. We have fisheries that are wild, that are just fish that naturally reproduce and you know so on and so forth. And so creel limits and spe- species of fish are all determined based on the type of fisheries. And you know our, our fish biologists do a lot of science um, to figure out 
what these different waters across Wyoming might need. And so they they take a look and they say, okay, this is going to be, you know, native cutthroat waters. Let's just make this artificial lure or fly only. Those sorts of things all come into play and, um, you know, for lots of different reasons. And when it comes to fishing regulations, we talked how different they are, but the best part about the Wyoming Game and Fish Department's website is if you're there and you know where you're going to be fishing, you can see all of those regulations, how they, they vary and, and, uh, and, you know, and, and vary extremely in some different areas. And Brian, I know that, that you kind of like to, to give us the true information and you give it to us straight. How much trouble can people get in if they're bouncing around and they're not properly licensed? Well, I mean, the most common violation for, for fishermen is uh, anglers, of, you know, is not having a fishing license. So, and a conservation stamp that goes along with it. So, um, of course, of course, most of those people are associated with folks coming from out of state and just start fishing, but uh, there's still a lot of people in Wyoming that live here that uh, forget to buy their fishing license or think they can get by with uh, going out for a day and not getting caught. But I mean, our licenses now are good for 365 days. So when you buy it now, it's good till this time next year, which kind of helps out. Um, but that's the most common violation that we have um, for our fishermen that are out and about. And uh, the regulations, um, you know, for fishing can be confusing, kind of like our hunting regulations for a lot of folks unless you do a lot of it. So if you're an avid fisherman, um, you know how to read through the regulations and and how they're separated out in different areas with like the same as the hunting areas is the same thing as like, if you're an avid hunter, you you can breeze right through that stuff. But you know what, if it's confusing to you, you're gonna go fish um, below on Gray Reef. Um, it's a good thing to look that up on the regulations because I mean, you can only fish with uh, artificial flies and lures only. Um, so I, I think that's one of those things that if you're just going to drive up from, you know, drive down from Buffalo and go fishing at uh, Gravery because you heard the fishing's good, that you wouldn't probably know that unless you actually uh, read the regulations before you came down. And when it comes to the equipment side of things, you know, you just mentioned that you live bait can be used in some and it has to be artificial in others. And there are some places you can use both. And when it comes to the the different uh, equipment outside of that, are there any restrictions there of, uh, you know, maybe some of the artificial baits that you can and can't use in some? I know some people like to to troll, and some people like to, you know, just use an old slip bobber like like they did growing up. But can you really be thrown off with a lot of the equipment on that part? I mean, you can. Um... But I see, like I say, a lot of people, if they're not avid fishermen, it's worth asking, you know, what's considered artificial, you know, bait. And um, like I say, if there's not a restriction in the regulation book, that means that you can use bait. So we have it in the regulation. So if it, there's a restriction on that body of water or that portion of the river, that's why it's in the regulation, because it's different than the statewide regs. Um, you know, when uh, one of the other common violations of, for equipment wise is uh, right now, you know, during this time of year, you can actually fish with two poles, but uh, some people think three or four is better. But actually, the regulation says you only can fish with two, two poles per person. So I think that's important. Another thing that we have a lot of people ask about is if if you are young enough um, that you don't need a license um, and you're a resident, does that mean that um, you can catch 
the limit of fish like an adult. And if you're a resident kid, yes, you can. You have your own limit. But if you're a non-resident kid, um, you actually uh, don't have your own limit. You're actually fishing with the person that has a license. So you're going with that. And the definition of kid can be, um, you know, fairly interesting. But you need to remember that anglers under, you know, 14 and older need a license. So 13, 12, 11, 10. <laughs> I had to think there for a second how to count backwards. It, it is that kind of a day. But it really is um, important to you that, that folks know that that age from, you know, 14 and older, they need a license. Now, that's not an expensive license. If you look in our regulations, it's, it's pretty inexpensive, but um, they do need a license. But again, they can have their own creel limit um, that goes to their license. And so that can be an advantage if you're out and about um, doing a lot of fishing. And Brian, I, I want to touch, and I know that we've talked about this before, but the possession of fish that you have isn't always just what you have. It could be what is at home too, correct? That's right. Your possession limit, that's what you have a possession. So that includes what's in your live well and what's in your freezer. So if the possession limit is six walleye, that means your possession limit, the amount that's um, under your, that you have caught and you have in your possession, not only in your boat, but also in your camp and at your house. So that's the possession limit. Um, and like I said, some people get confused in that, but uh, like say the avid fishermen, um, well, pretty well know that that is what the possession limit means. So like in my household where you have five anglers, each person can have that, right? So that that each person that they catch, it needs to be fish that they have personally caught. You can't just go catch them all yourself and send them underneath their license. But just keep that in mind that it's not a total of for your household. It's for each license. So, so it's per that license. doesn't mean that you can invite a bunch of people to your house to stay over and use your freezer and and that just means you can keep more fish in your, your freezer. That's not what that means. <laughs> See, <laughs> and that's another one of those regulations that I think people forget about because they're going to be like, oh, well, how are they going to know that, you know, my wife didn't catch those. But if if your wife doesn't have a fishing license, you're officially over the limit of what you could have. And, you know, Drew, a lot of that just comes down to personal ethics and doing the right thing, right? Those are in place to help manage a fishery for different reasons. And so keeping that in mind, you know, it's it is um, it's just based on your own personal ethics and honesty and and uh, making the right choice, um, not only for yourself, but to set another example for other people as well. One another thing that we've talked about a lot are the AIS stickers, the Aquatic Invasive Species decals and everything that you have to have on all water vessels. And if you come in from Colorado and you have kayaks, you have to get those inspected. You have to get the sticker. What is, if someone gets caught without having their AIS, what kind of trouble can you get in there? If your boat has been in the water outside of the state of Wyoming, um, either coming from outside of the state, so you're a non-resident um, boat, or if you're a resident boat and you've been fishing at, um, you know, waters in Nebraska or even South Dakota, you have to have it inspected before you put it on the body of water in Wyoming. So um, if you put it on the body of water without being inspected, it, it can be, it's a very hefty fine um, because it wasn't not, um, you know, checked 
to make sure that there wasn't any, you know, species, AIS species on your boat um, or on your trailer when you come to the state of Wyoming or put it in Alcova or Glendo. And it's a really, really big deal. Um, and you also have to have not only an inspection, but you also have to have an AIS sticker, which you can purchase on your phone online um, and just use the receipt that you obtain from that and use that as your AIS sticker until you receive one in the mail. Or you can stop by any game and fish office and you can get a AIS sticker for your kayaks and your boat. And Drew, again, this just goes back to um, your own personal ethics, right? Um, is it dark? Are you going to launch? No one's around. No one's looking. Can you squeak by without having to spend three minutes at an inspection? Absolutely. But as we've talked about um, a lot lately, um, you know, aquatic invasive species, zebra quagga mussels are close by South Dakota. They've had some in Colorado and, you know, Wyoming is still negative and anglers are not going to like what happens if those species get into our waters. And so being diligent in, in trying to keep our waters clean is, is absolutely preservation for your own future uh, fishing endeavors. So while people come from all over the country to fish in Wyoming's, you know, fantastic waters and fisheries that we offer, um, that can pose problems. And, you know, a simple three minute inspection can help save all these fisheries that we're talking about. And I'm pretty sure, again, no one will like the regulations that will be put into place, unfortunately, if these do get introduced. I think the right, um, right now, the inconvenience of having your boat checked at AIS check station is very, very, for, I mean, the amount of time you're there is very little. These people are professionals. They've been doing it, you know, all summer long. So they, they, they know they get through it really fast. But like say, if we end up having, you know, zebra mussels, um, quagga mussels in the state of Wyoming, um, it'll be a much more inconvenience um, if you use those waters and leave the waters type of thing too. So the convenience will be a lot longer. Stay cleaning your boats out before you are allowed to, you know, leave that body, you know, that place before you go on another body of water in the state of Wyoming. So it's going to be a lot tougher to deal with in the future if we, if we end up getting them here. And as you've said multiple times, if you're an avid fisherman, more than likely you're aware of all this. But if you're not an avid fisherman, it's definitely something that could be a concern because if you don't know, you don't know unless you really research it and know what, what you have to do. And uh, obviously contacting Game and Fish, going to the Game and Fish website, you can download the regulations uh, manual onto your phone. Have it with you at all times. Same thing with hunting. It's always good to be overly informed uh, than being underinformed. So uh, we will once again give you any information you need if you go to wgfd.wild.gov or contact Game and Fish. Absolutely, Drew. Don't forget, we're just a phone call away. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. It's Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, and uh, Brian Woodward is with me as always. And Brian, we're to the dog days of summer, I think is what they call this. And, August and is it, right here. And it is hot outside. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we were all like, man, it's going to be a great summer all year long. We're not going to have any heat. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Tricked you. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> but one of the best parts is that it's kind of drying up a little bit in some of the places we've had lots of water and, and issues. So getting out and hiking and camping really is an option for a lot of folks now. 
Yeah, you know, as it's really getting uh, hot down here in the low land, you know, it's still, you know, 10 degrees cooler, even up on Casper Mountain. So it's a great time to grab a couple lawn chairs and grab a, you know, barbecue and uh, enjoy enjoy the higher elevation. Of course, Bear Trap is a great option for you to go and have a great peaceful afternoon, a picnic. But coming up, it's going to get kind of wild with uh, Bear Trap Summer Festival and and obviously, to go up there, you no chairs are provided, but you can get chairs here. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, if you haven't been to Bear Trap, you know, it's kind of a nice just way to kind of relax and kick back for a weekend. But being comfortable and having a good chair, maybe an umbrella, maybe a little uh, tent. Uh, and then, you know, there's always that chance for these late afternoon thunderstorms. So we talked about rain gear and ponchos and that kind of stuff. Just uh, make sure that you can uh, enjoy the weekend. You know, one thing that, that I've been seeing a lot of lately are families that are getting into hiking, you know kids are growing up a little bit and they've got a little bit more you know feet under them at this point mm-hmm. and the trail system that we have on casper mountain is fantastic but uh we're going to talk on the show with the the pathfinders with the uh the Wyoming State Parks, where there's hiking trails and side-by-side trails and mountain biking trails all over the state that are open for use. So if you and the family want to get in, it's always good to spend a little money up front on mm-hmm. good quality gear. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've been seeing a lot of uh, my friends that are just, uh, you know, trying to be get in shape or stay in shape and they're taking their family out on walks up on like the bridal trail and you know just some simple things to kind of make sure that that uh that you have a good good trip and maybe maybe it's just something as simple as bug spray but you know a camelback with some uh, hydration where you can uh, you know just throw it on your backpack and then maybe a good set of trekking poles Obviously, maybe some hiking boots as well, and and you guys carry the Danner line, which I've been looking into Danner a lot. They're they're very quality boots, mm-hmm. and the thing about these boots is you have to get them and wear them. You can't just let them sit in the closet for right. them to properly work. Yeah, you know, you got to you got to break those boots in, and we've talked about that for hunting season, especially on some of those higher end like Kenetrek boots. You know, a lot of those boots kind of require like a 50-mile break-in just before you're real comfortable. And and then, of course, you know, having a good pair of uh, socks, you know, and, you know, we carry Smart Wool, we carry uh, Danner, we carry um, Darn Tough, all some really good uh, quality hiking socks. So you mentioned uh, hunting and, and elk hunting will be here and uh, the deer and antelope. Shoot, we're just a couple of weeks out from some of those seasons. Mm-hmm. When people are starting to plan like that, like me, I, I haven't been on an elk hunt in Wyoming before. Right. It's a lot different than hunting the Midwest where everything's flat and you're sitting all the time. So, you know, having that proper equipment and using it and getting used to it right. now is a good option. Yeah, you know, and we're, we're already seeing some guys that, uh, you know, just getting their bows out of the closet and realizing that they need strings for their um, their bow. And uh, unfortunately, these bow manufacturers and these string manufacturers, they're already two to three to four weeks out for strings. So if you're planning an August 15th hunt and uh, you haven't ordered strings for your bow, uh, it's it's a good time to get bring that bow in. Let's get the strings ordered. Uh, even if you're just kind of on the edge of thinking you maybe need a string, uh, come in, let's get them ordered, and then you can put it in your case. And, you know, as long as uh, they're, they're kept in a nice, cool area and not directly into the sun, those are going to be great use. So maybe you'll be able to get through the season with your current set. But um, nothing's worse than, you know, being out there and maybe you dry fire your bow and then now you don't have a, a string to replace it with. So uh, a little planning ahead of time and, 
you know, especially as we're getting into these seasons, you know, you have to kind of go through and check all your old gear, make sure for one, it still fits and yeah. make sure you get the, you know, whatever uh, firearm or bow out there and get them sighted in. Now, one thing here is you guys have bow techs that are on site. You have the the shooting range in the in the back mm-hmm. and you know you mentioned about not getting your bow out for a year lots can happen just you know bouncing around and, and bouncing off of it yeah you know i'm not even really uh planning on using my bow this year but a couple weeks ago i took it out to the guys at the counter and just said you know hey can you make sure the timing's still good make sure the strings are still good i went back into the range just ran a few arrows through it you know and uh realized that uh, you know I, I need to work that upper body a little bit to, <laughs> to pull back what I was pulling um, but yeah it's it you got to get it out there and you got to kind of get planned and, and prepped ahead of time and make sure that your boots are in good shape and maybe you're putting some sealant on it you know some weather waterproofing on them uh, all that kind of stuff just kind of plays into to making sure you're going to have a good trip get on out here and check it out at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports for all your outdoor needs it's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors it's Drew and Brian Woodward from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports back and Brian fishing has been well it hasn't been horrible all year long. It's been it's been actually really good almost all year long. Which is really kind of weird. You go you know it seems like in the past you kind of go through stretches where maybe you're not having a good day but that really hasn't happened this year too often and a matter of fact Glendo is still producing fish just as good now as it was in you know late may yeah it's a little bit different um fishing and definitely we're starting to see some smaller fish you know in the mix uh, a little more frequently but uh yeah it's still fishing fantastic uh talking to guys that have been fishing alcove and pathfinder uh both are fishing okay kind of typical for both of those reservoirs uh, what's kind of surprising is uh, the guys that have been targeting kokanee over the last couple of years, uh, they seem to be struggling finding the kokanee a little more than they had in the previous years. So uh, I'm not really sure what's up there, but um, I'm sure guys will figure that out as well. There's plenty of them in there. And if you want a challenge, I mean, that's something to, to yeah. target after. And then, of course, you know, Pathfinder, we had the tournament at Seminole. Lots of fish, lots of little fish. But, um, you know, we saw, you know, Jay's uh, fishing league this last week. Uh, they're one of the, uh, the Kayla. Ar- yeah, the Armand Trout family. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, uh, they landed a 30-plus inch fish. So, I mean, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, the fish was as big as she was. <laughs> it probably weighed as much for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it, it's fun to see fish being caught, and that really is one of the key factors in keeping people going back out. And that's kind of my first thought when Kayla was part of catching that big fish was she's hooked now because, right. you know, they're catching fish and they're seeing those fish. So, But maybe also ruined, right? Well, that's true, know? too. And it was the day before Dad's birthday, and right. they won. That's a pretty good birthday present. Right? Yeah, you know? no, and... You know, any time you can get out, whether it's during a league night, whether it's during a tournament, whether it's just fun fishing for the weekend, I mean, you're out th- you're outside with your family and you're creating memories that, you know, you couldn't do from the couch. Right. So you were talking a little while ago, that being out on Glendo for uh, the last couple of weeks, you've uh, been fishing with some buddies and you tried some things that you thought were going to work with some plastics that you went back to the old jig and worm and sure enough it's the year of the worm i tell you <laughs> no and and it's 
and maybe just uh, you know, I I, I kind of look at it as as kind of a steak. You know, you put a steak in front of you and I, you know, we're going to eat it. It doesn't matter if it's on a paper plate or ceramic plate. But you know, jigging a worm's kind of the same thing. And if and, you know, if there's fish are always eating worms, and you know, even if it's not worm season, you know, you you put a donut yeah. in front of me, I'm going to eat it. But yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so you can kind of gauge you know how the bite's going to be based on you know how they're how they're biting and what they're what they're eating. And if they're not eating a worm, it's probably going to be a slow bite anyways. But, um, yeah, it's been kind of hit or miss. Like sometimes we go down there and we can just throw a jig and a worm and no problem. If they're hitting good on a jig and a worm, we switch over to plastic, you know, kind of save ourselves the hassle of putting a worm on every cast. But um, there's been some days down there where, you know, pretty much every other cast is a fish. So We talked about, you know, because we had that cool stretch throughout the, you know, the early part of the year. And... Even now, the days start out really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, until you get to about noon or one, then right. it really starts heating up. Are you going at it differently? I mean, obviously switching maybe in the middle of the day if you stay out longer. You know, uh, boy, by, by noon, it's getting pretty warm, you yeah. know. So by, by noon, you know, I want to put the top on my boat and, and uh, maybe just do a little trolling just to, you know, kind of break the heat up a little bit. Um, and... You know, we haven't had the crazy winds. I mean, at least I haven't been out there when the winds have just been ripping. So uh, a lot of times it's been flat, calm, and uh, just a little bit too warm. So if I have the option, you know, I'm going to fish like a 6 to 2 or 7 to seven to 2, you know, just uh, earlier and get off the water earlier as, as well. What about river fishing? You heard anything good or bad there? You know, I uh, haven't heard much on the plat system. I know a lot of guys are kind of starting to hit the big horns and some of those other, you know, smaller, smaller uh, mountain uh, creeks and uh, having a great time. You know, a lot of, a lot of good brookies being caught and uh, uh, just a uh, lot less people, it seems like. And uh, so, yeah, if you have the option or opportunity to get out and maybe explore a different part of the country, you know, and I know you've been all over the place. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so if you just kind of focus on, you know, river fishing or creek fishing and, uh, you know, kind of start exploring some new things, I think you're going to be pretty happy with it. It's interesting going up to Buffalo just a couple mm-hmm. of weekends ago and, and talking to, to people there, you know, you get the, the locals mixed in with all the people that are in visiting for the summer and, right. and they're excited there as much as we are here about, about fishing. So, I mean, statewide, I think it's, it's pretty solid this year. Yeah, I mean, it's a, now's a great time to get out and um, you know in, enjoy it because you know before too long we're gonna we're gonna have winter knocking on our door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the other W word that people hate, and that's winter. <laughs> are are you uh, getting ready for the the championship for the the uh, walleye stampede, which is coming up in two weeks? Yep, uh, our top sixty teams uh, based on point standings for the first three events were invited to this uh, championship at Boys and Reservoir, and that's going to be August nineteenth and twentieth, and. Uh, you know, I talked to a few guys that have been over there already, and uh, the water levels kind of starting to stabilize a little bit. It had had been up in like 110%. You know, it was already 
you know, water was covering some campgrounds in the Tough Creek area. That's how high it was. Um, but the fishing seems like it's picking up and the water's not, not as muddy and there's not as much water coming into it. So with the next couple of weeks, I think, you know, the fishing over there is going to be fantastic. And, uh, I expect that, uh, we're going to have some pretty big weights for that tournament. Awesome. Well, if you're going out fishing this weekend, or maybe you're going to go hiking or, or camping, come on in and see them here at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Welcome back to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Well, I stress outdoors because we have a guest today that is extreme outdoors, especially when it comes to Wyoming. And Wyoming is known for hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, and Linda Fitchy, who is with the Outdoor Recreation department the wild parks and the uh, outdoor recreation pathfinder and linda thanks for coming on this position you're in right now is maybe my dream position it is definitely my dream position (laughs) so what you do basically is well you go out you find great paths you find great things to do in wyoming and then you relay that information to other people that is exactly right sometimes people are limited on what they can do in Wyoming because they don't either have the resources to find what they want to do. They don't know how to go about doing it. Fishing, for example, they might not know how to fish or where to start. And we're here to help them. Do you go from the bottom up then? So if someone comes to you and is like, Linda, I don't have no clue about how to trout fish. I mean, are you walking them through the whole process? Either I can walk them through the process. I do enjoy fishing very much. Or I can put them in line, in touch with people that are great with those kinds of things. Um, some of our outfitters or guides. And sometimes it's just something as easy as like Walleye Unlimited. I mean, they really step up and help with a lot of fishing derbies around the state. And there's, there are so many people that are willing to share their experience that there really shouldn't be limits to that. If somebody well, wants to do it, we have ways to help them. And that's one of the things that we always say on this show is you should never let anything keep you from being outside and doing things, whether that's the weather, whether that's conditions or you know, maybe the season. There's always something to do outdoors in Wyoming. I totally agree. We don't let weather really dictate what we do because it's going to snow. It's Wyoming. It's going to be cold. There's great things to do during that time if you focus on it. So some of the places, just Casper area that we have that some people that I've talked to said, well, I've never checked that out or I've never been there really surprises me. And that even comes with Casper Mountain, there are people that have lived in Casper their entire lives and have never ventured out. And if they're nervous or scared, that's where you really come in. Exactly. I've always been amazed by people that look right past what's right here. Um, Casper Mountain, I used to take a class out to Independence Rock. So many of the students had never been outside Casper City Limits. They were freaking out when they saw all the open space. One of the things, you know, I've only lived here a couple of years, but my goal was to see anything and everything that I could in Wyoming. So I hit the ground running and I go and do adventures. I try every weekend or at least once a week to be out doing things. And what are some of the the possible places that people may not have an idea about that you're like, oh, well, you've got to go see this? I always suggest the Bridal Trail and going up to Garden Creek Falls. I 
I really try to tell people, pretend you are the tourist and Casper is where your destination is. What things do you think you would want to see? Or you have a guest coming into town. Well, a lot of people just have never thought about it. Um, Independence Rock is an amazing part of our history. I love going up there and seeing all of the etchings and things in there. But things that are close to Casper that are just amazing, like I said, Bridal Trail, Braille Trail, uh, Muddy Mountain. It's not really that much further past uh, Casper Mountain. But if you've never explored those areas, it's very difficult to explain it. Natural Bridge between here and Douglas. So many people drive past that sign, have no idea how beautiful that area is. There are so many easy to access things. Big Muddy along the Oakland Rock Highway just looks like a big pond kind of set back off the highway, but it's pretty cool. There's like a little area that the pond is only maybe 30 feet from the North Platte River and you can walk along through there. It's very quiet. It's very relaxing. I love those areas. You know, and, and there's so many places like that all over the uh, the state that you were talking earlier before we went on that you're a fan of Thermopolis. Thermopolis is just a wonderland of things to do, not just the hot springs, but, you know, Legend Rock, where the petroglyphs are, is just outside of Thermopolis. Exactly. And they've got the dinosaur museum there and you can go on digs. I mean, you're outside and you're digging for dinosaur bones. It's every little kid's dream come true. Yeah. And sitting in the hot springs, of course, is a big plus. But and that's the thing. I think a lot of people kind of get pigeonholed with I'm going to go to Thermopolis and I'm going to go sit in the hot springs. There are so many other things you can do outside there going up to see the buffalo. Lots of times you don't get that opportunity to be that close to Buffalo without going to Yellowstone. And it's much more accessible, I think. Yeah, and and that Hot Springs State Park is is also another one of the great state parks that we have in Wyoming that you know probably gets overlooked because of all the different options and and if people have questions or people are looking for adventures like that, all they have to do is is reach out to uh, the Pathfinder program. Exactly, and that's what we are set up to do. Uh, something with our Within our organization is something called our Wonder Map, and that is, it has 16 different layers now. We just bumped up from 15, um, 16 different layers of adventures. So maybe you want to go camping, you want to go to a state park, you want water nearby for fishing, and you want to see an historic site. All those things you can pick on our Wonder Map, and it'll kind of do a Venn diagram type thing where each of the little bubbles See which ones are close together, pick it, and start exploring different areas you can go. Wow. So, and and it just shows up on the same map and really does the plan for you? It doesn't make the plan for you, but it will definitely show you, like, this campground would be an amazing place for you to go if you want water. If you want camping, it's really close nearby. All those things are right there. And another thing that... I'm fascinated with and have been since I got to Wyoming is the trail system that we have here. If you're an ATV or a side-by-side or even horseback rider, there are so many thousand miles of trails throughout the state that you guys have all the, the maps in the areas and everything. I'm not sure if I remember the exact number, but I think it's close to a thousand trails that we have on, on our hiking trails layer. Uh, and that's just trails with trailheads, which might sound funny to say it like that, but to have a starting point to send people to. 
this is where you could go to. This is the trailhead. Go explore from there. And then it has all the details, how long it is, how difficult the hike might be. Sometimes there's links to all trails. Sometimes it's to Forest Service to give you more information. But we really want our map to be the one everybody would go to if it's outdoor recreation. We've got all the information for you. We strive to make that the best map you can go to for all of the all of the outdoor recreation. All right, Linda. So you guys have the the interactive map and you have all of these plans. And are there other resources that are available? Yes, we have on our website in WyoRec, uh, we have something called the events calendar. And just for 2023, we already have over a thousand events listed on our calendar, all outdoor recreation related. We try to get to every community calendar we can in the area, the state calendar for outdoor recreation and for tourism. And we put every single event that we can find that's outdoor related on that calendar because, we, again, we want it to be the go-to source for people if they want to go outdoor recreating. What can you find to do this weekend? Where are you? I mean, that's one of the first things they ask. Where are you going to be? Where do you want to travel? How far do you want to go? These are the events for this weekend. I think last weekend we had about 50 events. And that's around the state. And there's probably a few that we miss out on just because of not having access to that information. Right. But so it definitely is a, a great place for you to go. And and again, we have said the word resource uh, about a dozen times, in, you know, in just a, a little segment of the show, because that's what it is. It's a, a resource program to help you get out and uh, and enjoy. Yes. Very first one in the world. Like it. Go Wyoming. Wyoming is such a, a great resource for outdoor lovers. And if you come to Wyoming, you're coming for something outdoors, whether it's going up to you know one of the national parks or the national forest and camping and hiking. I mean, that's why you're coming here. And you guys have the resource that everyone needs to know about. Our wonder map is easy to find. It's at wyorec.org. So Wyorec. Just go to our WyoRec site and you can find the Wonder Map. Easy to access and you can download that information onto your phone. It's not an app per se, but if it's on your phone, then you can find it when you're out in the field and don't have cell service. So what are some of the, your favorite things that since you've taken over this job just a couple of years, because the program is really new, it's only been around since 2021, so I'm sure that you've had to go out and do some exploring on your own, just so you know. That is exactly right. Uh, originally, when I started, my region was Converse, Natrona, and Niobrara counties. And I was so excited because it's areas that I'm familiar with. But then you kind of go back to the, you get pigeonholed into the what you normally do and to go and venture out. So I remember my very first time going to Niobrara County and trying to explore all that they had to offer, too, because... It is completely different than Casper. We don't, they don't have the mountain. They don't have a state park. I mean, there's a lot of limiting factors for that. To, so to find new things for people to do or to try was definitely a little bit out of my comfort zone. Okay, what can I do? You know, and I think that's what a lot of people end up having is, well, I know what to do in Casper or I know what to do in Glenrock or Douglas, but man, I've never been to you know, Newcastle, what, what is there up in Newcastle that I can do? And gosh, it, it's so cool to have a resource like this that uh, I think it's it's so important that people know all about this. And and Linda, I know that you and I were talking about one, a bunch of campers that were coming in town 
for uh, a holiday and you helped them and kind of shocked them. Yes, they they wanted something near water. They didn't want a lake. They didn't want a mountain and they wanted to stay close to Casper. And I ended up finding Chalk Buttes because they did have a camper and some of the little uh, campgrounds between here and Alcova are only tent camping, but Chalk Chalk Buttes actually had something for campers. They were the only ones at the campground. The kids could go fishing. They loved it. It's one of their new favorite places. That is incredible. A, the fact that Memorial Day weekend and there was nobody camping there. And, you know, if you would have gone 10 miles down the road, probably, then all the campgrounds were full. Exactly. And a lot of places have gone to reservation systems. So if you're not set up and ready to go, then you wouldn't even, would not have found a spot. Wow. It is so cool. And you can go, it's wyoutdoorrec.org. You go to the wildparks.org site and get all the information. And Linda, can they actually directly reach out to you if they have specific questions? Of course. My state phone number is 307-777-7636. You can call that. It comes directly to me. Oh, okay. Uh, And you also have email too. It's Linda, L-I-N-D-A dot Fitchy, F-I-T-T-J-E at Y-O dot gov, right? Either way. Well, what I will do is I will have all this information up in our radio station's app so that you can uh, you can go and directly get in contact with Linda and and start your outdoor recreation uh, adventures. And I know it's you know almost August. We're almost into August, but that doesn't mean the outdoor fun stops because uh, you know some parts of the state don't get snow in the winter, or some parts of this state gets lots of snow in the winter. Maybe you're looking for an outdoor snow adventure. You can get it through these guys, but. Linda, it's been fantastic, and I really appreciate it, and and thank you guys for all that you're doing to to bring the awareness to the people of Wyoming and beyond. Anytime. I enjoy it. Thank you. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with Drew Kirby. If you have a question, want to make a comment, or have an idea for a show topic, message us on the My Country mobile app. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors.